Hello everyone and welcome back. We are in episode 3 on the topic of discernment. So again, we're covering uh, the book titled All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment. And today, continuing in the passage in Philippians chapter 4, we are talking about the virtues of just and the virtue of purity. So Paul is exhorting the church to think about whatever is just and whatever is pure. And these are actually, these actually go well together. And so it's, I think it's very intentional on Paul's part uh, to write these two things, to put them together, almost like two sides of the same coin. Uh, whatever is just, <clears throat> and this is, uh, this is actually, um, my understanding, in my opinion, and though I don't think that the author is uh, far from this, but I think she broadens broadens the definition. But when Paul is telling us to think about whatever is just, he's talking about a person who lives righteously. So in other words, it is thinking about what is righteous. Have you ever said, that's not fair? You know, whenever, and I think we've all said that at some point in our lives, but every time somebody says that, it is, in a way, a a calling out, a crying out for justice. No, we, we want justice. This isn't fair. This isn't just. But the question is, how do you know what's just? Or how do you know what's right? I recently uh, heard a, a story given by R.C. Sproul about how he was teaching uh, at a college in the first semester, he laid out the expectations. There's a big paper due at the end of the semester. Anybody turns it in late, gets immediately immediately gets an F. Uh, the day of, uh, many students turn in the papers, many don't, and are, are begging uh, the professor for more and more time. So he gives them a couple more days. Everything's fine until two more two days later. Uh, some students are like, oh, we need more time. Please give us more time. He gives them another chance. And so the day comes to turn in the paper for those who hadn't, didn't turn them out at the original date. And and he asks, well, where are your papers? He asks one particular student, Where, where's your paper? He said, oh, don't worry, professor. I'll, I'll, don't worry. I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. You don't, don't need to worry about it. But you don't have it today? He said, no, I don't. So he takes out his black book and he says, okay. Uh, I think he said his name was Jordan. Jordan, F. And the student cries out, "Wait, what? That's not fair!" And he says, "And R.C. Sproul says, fair. You want to talk about what's fair? Well, why don't we go back to the original date when the when the when the assignment was due? What's fair would have been for me to give you an F on that first date and not to give you grace." Because that would have been just. That would have been fair. You see, when the pursuit of what is just and growing in the discernment of what uh, of and growing in the art of discernment, if that includes thinking about what is just, well, then we need to know what just is. What is just? What is right? What is fair? And the world has again. We are combating worldliness here. And worldliness or the world will tell you what's fair, will define what is fair uh, and what is just and and what is right. But 
as Christians, right, we have objective truth. We have the Word of God, and through the Word of God, we learn what is just and what is true. It's like playing a game incorrectly, right? You are moving the pieces, but in, in, in ways that they were not intended to be played. You know, it goes against the rules of the game. What the Bible does for us, it helps us to play the game of life, uh, if we can put it in that way. It helps us to how to to know how to conduct ourselves in this world. It tells us that we are to live for the glory of God, that we are to do everything uh, for the glory of God. And so when things are just, things are the way that they should be, that things are functioning. She brought it, so she brought us out the definition of just, and she basically says that whatever is just or justice is when everything is Everything is right when everything is working itself out in the way that it was originally intended. And I don't think that's wrong. I think that's that's actually really helpful. And the only way that we can know how God intended for you and I to move around in the board is to allow him to tell us, right? We need his instructions. We need his direction. We need his commands. We he, we need him to tell us what is right and what is wrong. We should stay away from this and we should pursue this. We should think about this and not think about that. So we need him to guide us and instruct us and tell us so that we may conduct ourselves in a proper manner in this world. So the pursuit of discernment includes the pursuit of what is just, thinking about what is just, uh, evaluating everything through the lens of what is just according to the scriptures, and living by what is just according to the scriptures. Now, the other part is pure or purity. We're called to think about whatever is pure, and to think about whatever is pure helps us to grow in discernment. Now, how do we define pure or purity? Now, from my reading of the chapter, from what I take of it, she seems to define uh, pure or purity, uh, or she tends to narrow that definition to sexual purity. Now, I, I don't. No, I think that is part of. I think that's partly right. Yes, purity includes sexual purity, but I would say that that pure or purity is living a life of innocence. Uh, and blamelessness, and 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 in part, I take that definition from just my understanding of the letter of Paul to the Philippians, considering just the uh, the exegetical context, uh, considering the 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 cultural context. So again, uh, my definition of what Paul means here in Philippians four eight is is. <clears throat> Living a life of innocence and blamelessness. That, that's what it means to put to set our minds on the things that are pure. So in other words, we want to set our minds on the things that are commendable. The things, I'm sorry, not commendable, but the things that are blameless. The things that are innocent, right? That we are, and it certainly does include sexual purity, right? We don't want to be thinking about things that uh, that lend itself to... Uh, sexual promiscuity or or lusting, right? But I think it's much broader than that. Uh, we are called to live a life of purity, and that means a life of innocence and, and blamelessness, so that when outsiders look at our lives, and should we, and we see this in the scriptures as well, and I think 
First uh, Timothy is one place, but uh, but when the world would look at our lives and and uh, and say oh, persecutes us, um, that let it not be because we have lived lives that are unbecoming of a Christian. Let it not be because we are given to worldliness. Right, and this has been this has been the tragedy of of uh, of Christians, uh, of prominent leaders, uh, recently over the past uh, decade or so. We have leaders who have committed heinous heinous sins, heinous acts, um, particularly uh, towards women. Right, that's not not living a life of purity. That's not living a life of innocence and blamelessness. Now, when outsiders, not when the world looks at them that's that's what they're pointing to right and and so we want to live a life of purity a life uh, that is christ-like and so in our growing in the art of discernment what we need to be thinking about with regards to purity is thinking about the life of christ thinking uh, thinking about imitating christ living the kind of life to where the only thing that people the only bad thing that people can say about us is that believe and follow Jesus, right? That, that, uh, that let us not be, um, let us not be accused of being hypocrites or being, um, bullies or being, uh, unforgiving even, uh, but let us be Christ-like and fight the tendencies to worldliness because when we, when we act like the world while still while while believing in Christ while proclaiming the name of Christ this gives people in the world reasons to accuse us and so what and so again pursuing a life of discernment is pursuing the life of of purity and learning what purity is according to the scriptures right uh, that we are in that we should be living a life that is that is Christ-like, uh, a life that people can look to and see a blamelessness. That people can look at our lives and see the light of Christ, even if they're not aware of the light of Christ, that we're still exuding the life of Christ. And we have to allow the scriptures to tell us, to teach us what is pure. What does it mean to be pure? What does it mean to live a life of purity? We have to be thinking, actively thinking about these things so that we may be distinguish the things that are pure and not pure. Between So that we, when we come to decisions that are difficult to make, when it comes to making a decision that allows that, that moves us in a direction of purity, but there's also a different choice that maybe shows that purity even more, uh, right? The sermon is making distinguishing between those two and choosing uh, the best course of action. So, so let us pursue these things. Uh, so we've talked about, we've talked about whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is true. And then last, uh, lastly, we're going to cover whatever is lovely and whatever is commendable.